Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Welcome into another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. I'm Brian Tripp, your host, and coming to you today from the Tombros Golf Clubhouse at the Penn State Golf Courses, the Tombros Varsity Clubhouse, as we celebrate 100 years of Penn State men's golf. And this week, I'm joined by a host of guests, a bunch of different guests who are back in Happy Valley to celebrate 100 years of Penn State golf. So golfers from different generations recognizing all the great accomplishments and history within the program. I think you'll really enjoy hearing their stories as we celebrate 100 years of Penn State golf this week on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Well, as we do this podcast on 100 years of Penn State golf, and I'm going through the list of who's here today, and Jeb and Mike Boyle both here, two of Joe Boyle's sons, coach from 1957 to 1982. When you go through the history of Penn State golf, there aren't many names that have had a chance to be the leaders of the program. Rutherford, Boyle, Kennedy, Zerke, and Nye. So when we had a Boyle in the house, we had to take advantage of that. Mike, thanks so much for the time. Sure. When you come back here and you hear the legacy of what this program has been able to accomplish, 100 years is remarkable. What are some of the things that pop into your mind or that you recollect on as you're driving here from Wilmington, Delaware for the event, or you get to see some familiar faces, familiar names out here today? Well, I, I think uh, it really is amazing how well the program is doing um, under Greg Nye. College golf changed considerably in the time that my dad was the coach. Uh, everything when he started um, was match play. And my dad played for Penn State in college and was interrupted by the war and came back and finished. And Everything was match play, but they, they had an NCAA championship. My dad, his senior year, actually was in the NCAA championship at Stanford. Um, but when, you know, when he coached, you would go head-to-head against two or maybe one, two, or three teams in match play format. And very different you know, from when, uh, when he finished, it became stroke play, and you would take the best – four of five or best four of six players. So it really changed a lot. And you were much more regionalized. You were much more, you know, subject to the weather. And, and it's not great at Penn State. And, uh, you know, you, you finish your spring semester at May, and, you know, the weather's just barely getting good at that point. Um, and, but now they're able to fly to some nice places and play. And uh, they've really taken advantage of that. Uh, all the facilities here are just wonderful. So that's just a, a brief. Not only was your dad a part of a transformational period of collegiate golf, but also for the Penn State golf courses. Do you remember that time? What stories has he shared with you about that? Absolutely. Um, the white course is a Willie Park Jr. design. Uh, when I grew up and um, – in 1969, they build the blue course, and it's a new style course compared to the, the white course. Um, a lot of character in the greens over there, and uh, this was a bigger course, bigger greens. Wind really had an effect on this course when you played it. Um, so 
that that transform uh, formation was uh, considerable. I mean, this was built and it was just cut right out of the trees on the back nine and um, really rough. Uh, they they hit a bunch of limestone trying to build it and they wrecked a lot of construction equipment just trying to get the irrigation and the fairways straightened out but uh it's uh it's really a tremendous facility now especially not sure if you remember these names or have anything to share but let's take a shot bill davidson dan o'neill dan o'neill uh you know i was more cognizant when dan o'neill was playing and Dan O'Neill is approximately 5'5 five, five or 5'6 five, and could hit it in the neighborhood of 300 yards with Wood Woods and Balada Balls. And it was really something to see him play. He, uh, I remember he, he finished 11th, I believe, in the NCAA championship as a freshman. And at a similar time, they had the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And they used to highlights were like a half an hour, and uh, at in the evening on maybe Thursday and Friday night. And I remember we were watching the highlights of the Pebble Beach, thirty uh, six hole mark, and he made a six footer in, on these highlights to make the cut. He was one of two amateurs to make the cut. Jim Simons and he made the cut. Dan O'Neill was just a quantum leap ahead of anybody my dad had. I mean, physically and competitively, uh, there were a lot of great players. Don't don't get me wrong, but but Dan O'Neill was uh, really something special. Obviously, your family is a big part of the tradition here for Penn State golf. But over 100 years, a lot of people have impacted the program. To see so many familiar faces come back here and celebrate that this weekend, what does that mean to you, your family, but also everyone within the Penn State golf family as well? It's amazing. I. Was con- I was thinking there would be like 15 people here. Um, this is really great to see all the generations of the Penn State team come together. And there have been so many great players that have come, you know, after my dad and when, when my brothers and I played for Penn State. So uh, I, I, I try to keep up with it as much as I can, and they, they just keep doing so well. So I'm, I'm really happy to see it. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. And our next guest here on the podcast is Gary Durbin, 1979 Penn State Golf All-American. Welcome back to Happy Valley, and thanks for carving a little time out of your day to join us here on the podcast. Very welcome to do so. What do you remember about your Penn State Golf experience as we celebrate 100 years, which is hard to believe? I was fortunate enough in 1975 to get a golf scholarship to come to Penn State from Binghamton, New York, and uh, Joe Boyle changed my life. I mean, he literally changed my life to come here, to go to a great school, great institution, and become a part of the Penn State family. I would never gone to a prestigious school like Penn State, and we couldn't afford it. And the golf scholarship gave us gave me the opportunity to come here and, uh, as I said, go to a, a great school and uh, compete in golf, which I loved. What was the Penn State golf course course at the time? Right? No, we had two courses. The uh, original blue course was uh, seven thousand yards long, and at that time, uh, with wooden drivers. 7,000 yards long was very long. It was, a, it was one of the toughest college courses because of the length. And, uh, of course, we had our spring tournament. And we had our spring tournament, which was in May, and the weather was quite cool at that time. So it was a tough, tough golf course to play. What made it a tough golf course to play? 
the distance, and that time of year it was just very cool, and uh, ball didn't go very far, and the golf course was still kind of that early spring golf course is kind of soft and uh, not really uh, firm yet. So you are very well connected to the history of this program and so many of the great alumni that are back here being celebrated. What impresses you about what Penn State golf has been able to accomplish? Well, to answer your question, I'll be a little roundabout. In 1983, when Joe Boyle retired, I came back for the uh, kind of retirement golf tournament. And I met Mary Kennedy at the time before she became Mary Zerke. And uh, we talked to Mary, my wife and I, and Jessica, and who's not a Penn Stater, but basically got adopted. And we started uh, hosting the Penn State golf team in Houston. Mm -hmm. So over the last 40 years, we probably had the team down over 20 times to Houston. And it was such a great experience for us because we got to meet all the different eras of the teams. And those connections, I still have those connections out there in the hallway with all these alumni. So it just grew that family of alumni, golf alumni friends, and it's just one big family. Why is it important to come up to something like this all the way from Houston and also have that involvement where when the team is down there, you're around them and still involved? I think it's very important to uh, reconnect with the, uh, with the alumni, but also, also I think it's important to, to connect with the, the pl current players. And, you know, they're so young in their, their lives and playing golf, and we talk about golf, we talk about life, and uh, talk about business, what businesses we were in, and you know, what their future holds. So it's a great bonding time. And can you share what you were up to today and how your journey after Penn State, what that journey was like? Well, I, so I, when I graduated in 79, I was an All-American yep. uh, here, and I chose to go into the steel business. So I was in, uh, I worked for National Steel out of uh, Pittsburgh, and I, I worked for, uh, in the steel business for 42 years, selling uh, primarily uh, steel pipe for the oil and gas industry. Why, because of, this is the last question, why because of hosting the team or the scholarship, what type of impact do you hope you're still able to make on the program today? I think you want to show that, that the team, the future, the, which is the future of the team, um, you know, what it's like to be a Penn Stater and the pride and the uh, passion you have for Penn State. And, of course, uh, what's, what lays ahead for these guys? Um, honestly, very few of them will be successful professional golfers. You know, statistically, it doesn't work, you know. But that um, here's a guy who played golf at Penn State and was successful in business, and uh, that's kind of cool. Gary, it was a thrill. Thanks for doing this, and we're glad to have you back here in Happy Valley. Thank you so much. If we continue with our episode here of the Let's Go State podcast, we have 1997 All-American. He helped the Nittany Lions to the NCAA final in 1996. Adam Decker joining us, and also a 2001 All-American, Matt Abbott. Gentlemen, hope you're enjoying your time back here in Happy Valley. Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, place never gets old. What is it about Penn State that makes it never get old? Uh, I mean, at least for me... I'd probably say the people, um, you know, I haven't seen deck in probably seven years, but I've got another crew out there that we probably text each other 50 to 60 times a day, you know, and I got here 26 years ago. So to still have those ties and those, that bond is pretty special. Yeah. I think also the memories, um, your time here and, and the fun thing though, is not seeing Matt for so long, but then falling right back into like, we just saw each other last week is, is Pretty neat, pretty neat bond. What do you talk about when you get back together for the first time? Um, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I mean, Adam and I actually traveled together for a summer when I graduated playing mini tour golf, and we were going three to a room and hotels. And um, But, yeah, like I said, we only spent a year together here, but, you know, we formed a pretty good friendship and, you know, bus chops a lot too. 
I remember a lot of people say that you come to Penn State and you're playing golf in the Northeast and it's not year-round. How do you succeed? But you both proved, your teams proved, that it is very possible at a place like Penn State in the Big Ten to do that. I mean, I feel like you really appreciate the times you do play. And for me and, and for our teams, like we appreciated a little downtime too. I don't think that was a bad thing. I think it was healthy for some recovery. And, um, you know, certainly facilities are so much better now that the guys have indoor opportunities. And um, But, you know, we're all competitors, and, and uh, we for sure you know, get on each other to, to work hard when we, we have the uh, ability and opportunity to do that. Well, and I think both Adam and I growing up in the Northeast, we didn't know any different. You know, you put your golf clubs down in November, and, uh, you know, we'd be inside or working out. And, um, but like you said, once that snow melted, you were chomping at the bit to get outside. And, um, so yeah, and it's, uh, it, I always tell people to be at a school like this and be able to compete nationally or on the big 10 or, you know, district two is always, always pretty impressive. Coach Nye, what was it like playing for him? And if you look back, whether it's Rutherford, Boyle, Zerke, there aren't many people that have been in that role over the 100 years. So how would you describe playing for Coach and I, uh, I loved I loved every minute of it. And looking back on it, you know, he pushed us. He told you exactly what you needed to work on, what, how to get better. And honestly, like if you listen to him, it was generally good advice. And and uh, I don't know. I feel like that brutal honesty and and just helping guys improve. And and um, you know, I came in here. I didn't really know much. I thought I knew a lot about golf, but I really didn't. And uh, I think that was a really eye-opening experience for me to, to, you know, just pay attention and to listen to, to the advice that, that came from somebody that's been in the game for so long. And, and um, he's done a wonderful job in his time here. Yeah, and I would say when I got here, you know, Adam was a senior. And when you're 17, 18 years old, you're sensitive, you're emotional. And, you know, Adam always said that, Coach, he has your best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. You know, you might not think that all the time. But he's out there. He wants to see you do great. So, um, you know, take what he has to heart, you know, and just, uh, you know, he does have a lot of knowledge to share. And so you know, that helped me a lot as a freshman, and I tried to pass that down to the younger guys too. And we know he's always good for a story or two as well. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, just a few. <laughs> <laughs> Which everybody loves. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you come back and you get to see golfers that maybe you knew, or didn't know over generations of Penn State golf, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to most about coming back here and finally getting a chance to celebrate this 100 years? Yeah, um, I don't know. Just the the feelings, like uh, I told one of my teammates who hasn't been here in 20 years, when you pull up the blue course, you know, drive there, you get the, like the goosebumps, you know, and um, – like you Magnolia know, Lane, kind of? Exactly. <laughs> Magnolia Lane, just, yeah, less Magnolias. Uh, but it's uh, – I don't know what it is. Like you just get the – the goosebumps and you see all these guys and you know some of Adam's teammates that I hadn't seen literally in 21, 22 years. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to meeting some of the younger guys and let them know, like appreciate what you have and, you know, cherish those, those friendships. Yeah. I think that's the case too. We saw some of the current guys out there, the current student athletes out there talking with everyone. There's, there's a pride in wearing the blue and white, laying the foundation and having that connection year after year, generation after generation of golf. Oh, totally. Yeah, and, and you don't know that. Again, when you're yeah. 18 to 21 years old, you don't yeah. realize that. That's the best way to say it. You don't know what you have till it's gone, till you graduate, and you realize, like, wow, I got to play golf every day after school, and, and now I've 
working a real job and I got to go pay for my own golf balls and whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, drive it's kids like around or do that. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't maybe realize how good they have it. <laughs> yeah. And just to take advantage of everything that's, you know, all the opportunities at a place like this is, is really something to, uh, take seriously. Well, we continue with our podcast celebrating 100 years of Penn State golf, and we've talked so much about the great teams that Penn State's had over the years, but particularly one in the mid-90s, 1996, which went to the NCAA Finals and proved that a Northeast team could get there, and we're joined by Byron Clift, uh, a member of that team. What's it like to be back first? I mean, this is pretty awesome. So many alumni coming back for the celebration. Yeah, we have uh, about uh, five guys from my years back, Adam among them. And uh, I probably haven't been back here in 15 years, so I, I spent the last hour just driving around campus and seeing all the places I used to live and all the memories flooding back from that. And then now I haven't seen the, uh, the new building that they have here out uh, for the varsity team. It's awesome. It's great. So it's, it's a lot of fun being back here. All right. So you just said you drove around and checked everything out. What's different? I, I know that answer is loaded. Well, the trees are a lot bigger <laughs> than they used to be. More obstacles. Yeah, the there's a lot of bigger buildings. Everybody's younger than they used to be. <laughs> well, maybe they're the same age and I'm just older. Uh, but uh, no, it was it was really great. Just, you know, a lot of streets don't go through anymore. Uh, but uh, it was fun uh, just kind of driving around campus and seeing everything. Well, what are the things you're looking forward to most about this experience of reconnecting, whether it's with former teammates, coach, or even the current guys that are on the team today? Well, I, low expectations coming, or really no expectations coming in. Um, it's I'm, I'm excited to see everybody. Um, you know, I haven't seen these guys in 20 years or, or more, so it's it's going to be fun to just to get out there and, and kind of pretend like we're back at practice again. I mean, that, that's what it felt like when we were pulling into the parking lot. It was like, well, let's. It was. It felt like a practice day. Everybody was just showing up, laughing and and uh, getting ready to play golf. So it's going to be fun. I mentioned the great accomplishment of your team in '96, right at the top. What recollections do you have about that team and proving that you can play at Penn State, you can play in the Big Ten, and have that success on a national level? Yeah, for me, I, I think about that that tournament a lot. Obviously, it was great. Um, the qualifying round and regionals leading up to that, uh, I had one of my best rounds in my career, uh, the round that was the, the third and final round uh, that got Penn State qualified for it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, so I, I think about that a lot. Um, I, at the... At the event itself, that was the year that Tiger won uh, the NCAA. So it was really cool to be in the field uh, with him in that event. And I remember uh, after I finished up uh, the second round, going out to watch his round after uh, after I'd finished up and just watching him play the same golf course that we had played. It was quite evident that he was in a, in a different stratosphere at that point than when we were playing. But it, it, it was great, you know, just to, to be at a, a tournament at that level. Still remember what you shot in that final round to qualify? The, the, yeah, I do. That was a 72. It was the low round of, of not just Penn State, but I think it was the low round of the entire field uh, at that event and uh, uh, that day uh, to get us in. I still have a picture here. Yeah, I look do. Look the same. I know. The hair's, the hair's about the same. I, I started growing it out during COVID, but uh, yeah, <laughs> way about 30 pounds more than that. Are you still golfing today? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I uh, have two kids now, so uh, golfing is not as often as the 300 rounds a year that used to play when you were here, but uh, maybe once a weekend now, so it's fun. Is that part of the fun here of seeing what everyone is up to, where their lives have oh, gone of course. as you reconnect? Yeah, of course. It, it's great to it's great to laugh and just kind of joke with people and say, oh, my God, you have four kids now, and, and some are getting close to college age themselves, so that's uh, 
fun. And you can see a cross of generations. There's one, one of the guys here uh, was a member at the club that I grew up at. Um, and he's here today and I haven't seen him in, in 20 years, but I, I knew him and I knew his sons really well. His sons were my age um, and I knew that he had played at Penn State. So we'd always talked about it. So it was, it, it was fun to just connect with him for you know 10 minutes ago. And he, I think he played in the late 60s, early 70s out here. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. If you like what you heard here today, make sure you share this podcast, rate, subscribe, do whatever you can to help spread the word about our great podcast again. I'm Brian Tripp, your host, saying so long. And again, thanks for tuning in. Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics.